0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good afternoon, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Network and FinFanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. Well, Paul, massive week here. The Dolphins are 2-0. The Bills are 2-0. It's the only 2-0 matchup of the week, and just looking back historically, I mean, I've been a Dolphins fan for 25 to 30 years now, and I can say with a pretty straight face that this might be the most talented Bills-Dolphins matchup I've seen really, I mean, at least in the last 20 years, um, you look at, it, I mean, we've gone through, we went from Kelly to Marino to Sage Rosenfels throwing a last second touchdown to Chris Chambers to beat the JP Lossman uh, led bills back in what 2005 or something. Was it, but this is, this is big. And if you look at the power rankings, you're going to see the dolphins five through eight and all of them, you're going to see the bills number one in all of them. But Can you remember, when's the last time you saw a matchup as talented as this between the Bills and the Dolphins?
1: It's been a while. We might be going back to the Marino-Kelly era. Uh, But what I would say, too, is as talented of a matchup as this one is, the one later in the year might be even more talented, depending upon health and rosters at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And that's really a major storyline heading into this game is the Bills' defense. A lot of injuries over there. I mean, Tradavius White's been out all year. He's on PUP. One of the best cornerbacks in the league. They're also uh, going to be without Pro Bowl safety Micah Hyde. Uh, they're also not going to have Dane Jackson, who had that really scary moment last week. He he started the first two games for them. Has been a very underrated player. And last night we heard Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips, both defensive tackles, are going to be out. I mean, I look at this matchup and say. Tua's got to outduel Josh Allen in this game.
1: He does, and and Tim Settle is nursing an injury as well. The the talented defensive tackle that they signed from Washington this off season. Um, I mean Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham, which breaks my heart. Von Miller, AJ Epenesa, they can still rush you off the edge, but not having Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips helps Tua a great deal, especially with his pocket presence that we've seen from him thus far this season, because those two in particular push the pocket up field, which sets the table for those defensive ends to tee off around the edge. And, and with those right. two off the field that sets two up to be able to step up. And quite frankly, if Jordan Poyer doesn't play, they won't be starting a single member of what should be their starting secondary in this game. And if Jordan Poyer does play, he's going to be nursing an injury. And we all saw what Tyreek and Waddle can do along with the rest of the cast against a depleted secondary last weekend
0: right Uh, I'm with you on that and yeah the defensive tackles will be Daquan Jones and Tim Settle more big body types Settle had a a handful of sacks with uh, Washington a few years ago but really more known to to be run stoppers at least that's my understanding of them Um, Jordan Phillips we saw had had a sack and a half in the first game against the Rams and he's always been a player I mean hard to believe he's going into his eight eighth year in the NFL. Now um, he's, he's always been a player that he could show up and he could completely destroy the interior of an offensive line, or he could get three penalties and get ejected. You never know where he's going to be, but looking outside of the game, I got to say that I I've been a Dolphins fan. I think my first year was when I was a little kid, 1994. It's never been cool to be a Dolphins fan here in St. Louis, uh, you know, until this week, This is like people would just in grocery stores, get my oil changed, et cetera. People would come up to me and say, Oh, you know, just when making small talk, they're like, Oh, you're a Dolphins fan. Almost like they're offering their condolences to me. Um, How'd you become a Dolphins fan? Oh, oh, okay. This week they see the Dolphins hat and the Dolphins shirt. And it's, it's like, wow, did you see that game last week? I'm like, Oh man, you must be in a, in a good mood today. I mean, It's actually cool to be a Dolphins fan. I know that's not very analytical, but first time in my
1: life, I got to say. Well, the the cool part for me is being up here in New England. Um, You get a lot of Patriots fans that not only, um, you know, you get some that do the whole, like, wow, that game was amazing. But then you also get a lot of very somber, hey, uh, Dolphins are looking pretty good, huh? Uh, Yep. and, and, And to get that from a Patriots fan, good lord it's been a while on that on that front uh yeah i'm i'm with you on that
0: and it's it's a special week here man because I, ever since the schedule was announced uh, on may 12th i don't think a show we've done a show without me saying that after four games the dolphins need to be at least two and two well they're there they've done it even if they get blown out the next two games it would be a huge disappointment but i would still feel like overall the season is still on the right tracks, okay? So much would have to happen in this game for me to come out thinking that the Dolphins are not on the right track anymore. It would have to be – I mean, I, I don't even want to think about it. But um, the reason for it is, I it, it, it mean, in a span of, what, four or five days they're playing the Bills and they're playing the Bengals. You even win one of those games and you're 3-1. and one. The quarterbacks the Dolphins are going to face after that I mean, it's, I, I've got to go down the list here. Uh, darn, I don't have it right in front of me. Oh, no, no. Um, uh, Here are the eight quarterbacks the Dolphins are going to face after Thursday between September 30th and December, 12th, December 10th. All right. Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, who's by far the best on the list. Um, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Jacoby Brissett, Davis Mills, and Jimmy Garoppolo. My point is this is a defense that feasts on average to below average quarterbacks. If the dolphins start three and one here, I'm looking at this schedule and thinking nine and three or 10 and two is a possibility. I'm starting to see, I can look ahead as far as I want. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, if, if things get special, if the dolphins win this game.
1: Yeah, no, they do. They absolutely do. Um, and again, it's, you want to talk about being taken seriously, the excuses will come out, but I mean, the excuses will come out based on the injury list, but in reality, if you can stop Buffalo's defensive ends, or at least slow them down, or if you look at the beginning of last year, actually block them, um, if the offensive line could continue to hold up and really on their offense it's not so much Josh Allen, you need to contain it's Stefan Diggs. You contain Stefan Diggs. No one else has over a hundred receiving yards on the season on their roster. It's their running game. Hasn't really gotten off to a huge start. And after, after Stefan Diggs and his 20 receptions, their leading receiver was Gabe Davis. Who's out. So then it's Isaiah McKenzie with four receptions for 56 yards. Right. I, you know, I, to
0: me, it's Allen that you got to worry about the most. uh, And Uh, When I see Josh Allen, I see the best player in the NFL and on the best team in the NFL. That's just the reality of the situation here uh, is. They've you look at the bills in their last 13 games, they have scored 27 or more points in 12 of those 13 games dating back to last year. The only one that they didn't was the Mac Jones three pass game uh, where it was like 30 mile an hour wins. Not, Not even Josh Allen could fight their way through that. Um, In those 13 games, the Bills last 13 games, they've scored 41 or more points in five of those 13. So when I look at this, I don't see any other way around it. You either score 35 to 40 points against the Bills, which is no easy task. I don't care who they have in the secondary, or you're not winning the game. That's that's what it comes down to. That's what kind of opponent we're dealing with here. And it sucks that they're in our, our division.
1: Hey, Kat, real quick. Gabe Davis, I thought he was already declared out for this game. Right? No, he's
0: playing. He's. He, I was gonna. I was gonna get to that. He. He's playing. He had 88 yards in week one, and that's gonna be a big return for them. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, so if especially with Byron Jones still out another two weeks, and Xavier and Howard, um, should play. All indications are that he's gonna play, but he didn't look the same last week. So that's that's also concerning.
1: Yeah. No. Just curiosity, because I mean, like like you said, he's got, he had the four receptions for 88 in week one. But again, it, it's Stephon Diggs is the biggest and baddest threat on that entire offense right now. I I, I understand Josh Allen is a great player and, and possibly the best in the NFL right now. But again, it's with what he has, you haven't seen that ball distributed around very much, despite the amount of times that they're throwing the ball. It, it's been predominantly the Stephon Diggs show for the, the Bills thus far.
0: Well... I mean, I, th- I think he did. La- I think he has distributed it very well. I, I, I just don't think you have a lot of receivers outside of Diggs who are putting up the big numbers. I mean, you know, Reggie Gilliam had a touchdown catch last week. Jake Kumaro had had a big catch. Um, McKenzie, the 30 yards, started, 28 yards a game over the last two games. So, I, I mean, I, I, I understand your point. They don't have a major weapon um, to be. Fearful of outside of Diggs and outside of Gabe Davis, but then again, I would say Johnny Knox is a pretty good receiving tight end too. So it's
1: it's Dawson a talented. What'd I
0: say? Johnny Knox. Johnny Knox. That's a former Bears receiver. Uh, I, Dawson I, all Knox. All I could yeah. think
1: was welcome to Jackass.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, Johnny um, Knox. But yeah, Dawson, Dawson Knox is also a talented receiving tight end. So, it, but he's nursing an injury. He is too. i the, the Bills are hurt all over the place, and. I, but my point is, and I keep going back to, you're not going to get around the Bills are going to put up points on you. Yeah. It's just going to happen. It's, and it's not anything to be ashamed about because this is a team that has averaged in their last 12 games over 35 points a game. And they rarely, if ever, score below 30. So that's where the game falls on it. That also brings up a really special possibility too. That after Tua's game last week, six touchdowns, 459 yards passing, or whatever it was. You outduel Josh Allen. You win a 35 to 30, a 38-35 game. I don't care who the Bills have in their secondary. Tua and the Dolphins are the talk of the 2022 season.
1: They are. It's end of the day. Tua comes out and throws four or five touchdowns in this game. How do you not um, get off the to a bashing bandwagon. If you're on it, I, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it was crazy what we saw last week and uh, you know, seeing the team respond the way that they did is also incredible, uh, which is going to make what I'm about to say, anger a lot of dolphins fans here, because I'm going to bring up some bad memories. It's just in our DNA as Dolphins fans to think when things are going this well, that the other, the other shoes eventually going to fall. Um, I look back at it just in the last 10 years. I mean, in 2013, the Dolphins started three and zero, and you know, with a, an improbable impro- win over the Falcons, where they were losing by 10 points, the whole game, the Falcons were 13 and three the year before they won that game. And then Monday night football comes up and they get absolutely trounced by the saints by three touchdowns. Um, then what 2018, the dolphins and Adam Gases last year, they start off three, and know, with that, the last one being that, that come from behind win over the Raiders and, you know, the Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, high five game. And then the following week uh, they lose what 38 to seven to the Patriots. Um, so I bring that up to show that this, this is also historically an opportunity for the dolphins to show this 2022 team is different.
1: It is, and one thing that, that, that's being debated slightly in the chat right now that I'll bring up is the Dolphins. If if the Dolphins lose like a 38-35 shootout, like you were talking about possibly winning, they can still change the narrative even if they play – even if they lose but they play really well and it's it's a dogfight that the Bills happen to come out in front on. Um, they can absolutely change the narrative there because this isn't the ass weapon we've got from the bills over the past few years, if that's the case. And if they look good, if two is hitting receivers and the bills just happen to be the ones that, that come out on top, that still makes it anybody's ball game next time.
0: Hey, and uh, thanks. Thanks in the chat for the heads up about my mic level there. We, we, we depend on you all for that because uh, we can't hear it till after the show. So I just adjusted that. Uh, give me some feedback in the chat let me know if that sounds a little bit better for you Um, yeah I mean and offensively you know you heard when the before the Bills started playing the Titans you heard the Tua sucks chant loud and clear and they also said Brady sucks so you know and I don't really think you can put too much weight into that but if you're a Bills fan you mean it because Tua has not done well against the Bills I mean you look at just the last uh, you know just last year the Dolphins scored 11 points um against Buffalo uh to drop to one and seven and that's when they turned the season around and they lost 35 to nothing in a, in a game where two got injured on the first drive the year before that the Dolphins got blown out and that last game of the year where two was quarterback I'd argue a lot of that wasn't his fault but but you know th- this he's he's got an opportunity to really do something incredible here um yeah. And uh, he'll, he'll be going up against two rookie cornerbacks. Uh, Kyir Elon, the first round pick out of Florida, and also a six round pick out of uh, Villanova named Christian Benford. So you've got that. And then the safety in the, in the secondary, you've got Micah Hyde out with an injury on IR just of today. And uh, Jaquan Johnson, only one career start, former Miami hurricane six round pick is going to be taking his spot. So, tough miss that's a tough matchup for to be two rookie cornerbacks there
1: yeah and i mean you look at what tyreek hill and jalen waddle were able to do against two experienced cornerbacks last week i mean nursing injuries or no marcus peters and um oh god i'm drawing a blank right now um marlon humphrey marlon humphrey are two pretty damn good cornerbacks so these guys are gonna have their work cut out for them especially if tyreek and waddle get rolling with each other now the interesting thing will be i don't know if we've seen a declaration yet cedric wilson may or may not play in this one so we might see the season debut of one mr eric Ezukanma in this game potentially
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean if if wilson doesn't play that's that's likely to happen um will it be interesting to see if river craycraft gets promoted again to the active roster it would be the last time that he would be able to. And I would imagine at that point that they would just keep him on the active roster. We'll see. Um, another big part of, of this, the puzzle here is Tyrone Armstead is questionable with a toe injury. I also expect him to play. It's the same toe injury from last week. And the, you know, he, he was out of practice all week, but he's also somebody that can roll out of bed and play left tackle. They, you know, we saw that last, he didn't practice last week. He goes up against the Ravens. Phenomenal job. He's been a great addition here at the left tackle spot. Um, until I see the, in, the inactive list come out at an hour and a half before the game, I'm going to be sweating bullets on that one. Because uh, Greg Little has played very well at right tackle. And when you have Armstead at left tackle and Little at right tackle, that's what's needed in this game. Because like you said, the Bills may be hurting a cornerback and defensive tackle, but at def- defensive end, they are stacked with pass rushers.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, and this is something that um, we saw it on Twitter, was Tyreek Hill – I, I want to go back to the receivers real quick. Um, Tyreek Hill put on a show against this Bill's secondary several times in the past when they had Micah Hyde, when they had Tredavious White, when they had Jordan Poyer all out on the field together. So it could be very interesting to see if they're seeing ghosts with Tyreek and over-dedicate to him and let Waddle feast a little bit in the first half.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's. I think we saw a lot of that against the Ravens in the first quarter last week. I mean, he had, what, 85 yards in the first quarter? I mean, yeah, it's it's not even an option to just go one-on-one with these receivers all game, and that just opens up so many other possibilities. I also love, too, offensively, that after two games, the Dolphins are using pre-snap motion more than any other team in the league. We talked about that in the off season. It's something we want to see on every play and Mike McDaniel is bringing it to us. Um, and, and when you do that, I, I mean, it just, it opens up so many more possibilities as, as we've seen here over the first two games uh, for the bills defensively going back on Micah Hyde. And if you look at the bills defense with Leslie Frazier, it is a zone defense. I mean, there's very little man to man. So the safeties play such a big part of that. And if you look at Hyde and you look at Poyer, in the last four or five years, Hyde has missed one game and Jordan Poyer has missed one game. So you're talking about Hyde being out for the year now and Jordan Poyer not a lock to play. And even if he does, he's got a foot injury. So that's going to change a lot of things on the defensive side of the ball here. Um, just a quote from um, uh, James Foster from um, A to Z Sports. He said, Leslie. Frazier's defensive philosophy is centered around disguising coverages and inhibiting a quarterback's ability to read a defense Buffalo lines up in too high shell, but post-snap, they rotate the coverage into something completely different. Well, you may not be able to get that cute before the snap.
1: Yeah. And, and I just want to, while we're talking about injuries, I was just taking a peek around to see if there's any latest news on Jordan Poyer. Um, one interesting bit of news that I just saw that happened since we've been on the air here is for the titans taylor lawan is out for the year uh-huh I've so always had not, a- not always had an mystery. axe
0: to grind against t- taylor Lewan. i've uh <laughs> i always thought it was the weirdest thing i'm like that's really random to yeah. to do that See, i we, i i thought you were breaking some big news here and uh, no
1: no no i'm still trying to look up some stuff on on point you're just
0: giddy for some re- reason over Taylor Lewand's unhappiness. Um, well, that's the Titans
1: are already on life support as far as the playoffs goes. Playoffs go here after week two, but you're like, right, and it, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it's it's seeing that's just like a death knell for them at this point. Like, well,
0: th- that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up though, actually, because um, yeah, I mean, you look at the AFC. It's not just that the Dolphins are two and zero. AFC doesn't look so scary anymore compared to what we were talking about before the year. I mean, the Colts play the Chiefs this week. They're probably going to be 0-2-1. The loser of the Raiders-Titans game falls to 0-3, and I don't see either team having the firepower to come back from that. I think both teams are going to be left out of the playoffs when it's all said and done. The Steelers and the Patriots look very average at best. Uh, Russell Wilson's off to a slow start, 16 points uh, in each of the last two games. Justin Herbert now has torn rib cartilage. We'll see how that impacts the rest of the year. And rib cartilage, I don't like to get too deep into the weeds uh, as far as medical stuff, but Matt Hasselbeck was talking about that he had it and not as severe as Herbert does. And he said that it's worse than a broken rib because you're constantly contorting your body to try to get enough velocity on the football. And when you're twisting, you're pulling on that cart- on that cartilage. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, and by Dolphins. the way, the NFL account just put out the sexiest hype poster for the Dolphins-Buffalo game. It's actually pretty sweet with Tua, Josh Allen, Tyreek, et cetera on there. It's
0: pretty good. It's, cool. a, it's a fun game. I mean, you're talking about the top three receivers in the NFL in yards playing in this very game. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Stefan Dix. Uh, and with Tyreek Hill, it, I posted this on Twitter earlier in the week. Uh, Tyree kill. if he averaged four catches for 48 yards a game every game for the rest of the year, he would finish the season with 79 catches for over a thousand yards. That's how good of a start he's gotten off to this year, and it's not even an option, like I said, to cover him one on one. And uh, in the chat, a full of sports. Thanks for joining us here, uh, as well as yeah, don't sleep on Kyir Elam and Christian Benford. These are they might be rookies, but Ben, especially Benford, he's playing playing like a veteran. So there's, yeah. you know, we certainly can't overlook can't overlook him.
1: And we also just got asked in the chat. Um, I can't answer you on Channing Tindall for this week. Uh, it, it's it's you know the Dolphins went through a lot of linebackers in last week's game as far as defending the Ravens go. But Cater Kohu, you'll absolutely see Cater in this game, in my opinion. It, it's. He got a lot of significant snaps last week as the Keon Crossin. Um, So those are two guys I think you'll see a decent amount of in this game, especially given the passing prowess of Josh Allen. And Cater Kohu being a very sure tackler um, is highly beneficial to have on that boundary in case Josh Allen squeaks through.
0: Yeah, and I we didn't talk about it last week, but Cater Kohu actually... I mean, Nick Needham was benched uh, late mm-hmm. in the second half. And I, I understand why, too. I mean, it's very simple. Speed. I mean, Cater Kohu is much, much faster. And you're playing Lamar Jackson. It's that simple. I mean, uh, so Do you
1: remember how much time I dedicated to Cater Kohu after the undrafted rookies were signed even in some of our preview shows back in June. Yep. This, we're this very, dude is the real deal.
0: We're very excited about him. Uh, and you, you were more so. Uh, and uh, whether you like PFF or not, um, or, or however you want to slice that up. See, I PFF to me is—it's a tool. It's a tool. If if you use it like the by like, well, this cornerback's ranked 25th. This one's 40th. Uh, there, that's that. That I, I don't like that. But when you when Cater Co is ranked third by PFF in the entire league, um, it's pretty safe to say that he's playing pretty well. If if it's clear that okay, these types... If you take – if any Dolphin is in the top ten or the bottom ten, it's pretty safe to assume they're either having a really good year or a really bad year. I've never seen it be opposite than that. But, yeah, I'm – I'm. A,
1: it's where, a tool. It's a resource, like you said. Where PFF gets super sketchy is offensive line grading um, because you they don't have true meaningful statistics um, to put in play for anything other than bad things for the most part. Um, it, it, well, I
0: think the bad things, too, are, are worth – are valuable to, to take they into are account. but
1: there needs to be the balance there and, and you know it doesn't take into account some of the eye test factors that that are important as well as far as some of the things going on like oh yeah he allowed pressures but granted the cornerback held the ball for six seconds you know like it, it's I, for me it's
0: it's cornerback uh and really i mean a lot really back seven in general because if a receiver catches the ball between a cornerback and a safety how do you know whose fault it is? And if yeah. if they don't, they don't count it. And it's like well, we got a lot of those plays. I remember um, back in what 2017, uh, Xavier Howard held Julio Jones to like five catches for 42 yards in that upset win that year. And then um, I looked at the grade, and the grade was like really low. And turns out they they charged him with Marvin Hall's sixty yard touchdown. Nate Allen said himself after the game that was his fault. The coaches said it was Nate Allen's fault. So that changed the whole grade. So anyway, I'm getting off on tangent there. It's it's a it's a very good resource, but when you use it as the Bible, that can get dangerous there. Um, so looking at a few of these other matchups here too, I'm interested to see offensively. Well. For the Bills, the Bills keep both linebackers on the field, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds on the field every play, period. They, play, they, they, they play no dime defense. They play no quarter. They, they play two linebackers. I'm interested to see in this game if the Dolphins say, you know what, you want to do that? Okay, we're going we're gonna to go shotgun every play. We're going to put Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, uh, Chase Edmonds, and uh, n- name another receiver our running back, our tight end on the field. And we're going to say, okay. Raheem Mostert.
2: I mean, they had
1: the two of them on the field for a lot of snaps last week.
0: Yeah, so let's say Mostert. You would say that, like, okay. We're going to get you in a situation where Matt Milano is going to have to run up and down the field with either Mike Kosicki or Jalen Waddle. And so if you want to play with two linebackers, you don't want to play a dive defense, And good luck.
1: Well, and on top of that as well, it'll be interesting to see as the game wears on because one of the ways that the Dolphins set themselves up for success last week was it's uh you know using next gen stats the the Ravens secondary ran a ridiculous like 6,131 yards or, or somewhere in that neighborhood during that game and they were dogged out tired and whooped from how much they had to run based on you know the shifts the motions uh the speed of the Dolphins receivers and the handoffs and things like that like it was insane. And if Miami can do that to what is not a deep secondary right now and really just put them on skates and, and put them hands on knees at the end of the game, sucking wind, that is going to benefit Miami as the game wears on, especially playing down in South Florida.
0: Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be close to 90 humid. Uh, I think rain's been taken out of the forecast, or there's like a 20% chance there uh in the chat they're talking about Nick Needham and I want to capitalize on that is uh Josh Boyer said that Needham being taken out he compared it to baseball where you put in a left-handed pitcher to go up against a left-handed hitter it's just an in-game adjustment and he said so I'm paraphrasing but he said something along those lines i'm not concerned with needham uh, i i think his best place is in the slot i actually hope they begin this game with K- Kater Co, who had a, as starting cornerback opposite Xavier and Howard and put, put Nick Needham in the slot. Let's, let's just go with that from the beginning. Let's see what, how far we can take this with Cater Kohu because when Byron Jones comes back, man, you're, you're going to have X and Byron at cornerback Nick Needham in the slot Cater Kohu may not even, he's going to be struggling to even get on the field. He's going to be in the Noah Ibnogany world.
1: Yeah. It, it's going to be kind of like what Eric Rowe and, and Brandon Jones are, are, are battling out in the secondary now. Um You know, you may see Kohu battling Needham in the slot, and it may be a situational start for that nickel position because if they're facing a team with a speedier slot receiver, you may see Cater out there. If they're facing a team with a little bit bigger, slower slot receiver, you may see Nick Needham out there. Um, If you're facing the Patriots with Devontae Parker, you may see an extra linebacker out there. You just never know.
0: Right, and in the chat – I. I don't know why y'all are talking about Solomon Kindley and where it, where is he right now? I know where he is eating. That's uh. so I don't know. Cracker barrel, I'd say. Um, that's about it. I, you know, Hey, best of luck to Solomon out there. Hope I mean, I am a little surprised he hasn't, he hasn't gotten picked up by somebody though. So.
1: Now anyway. Kat, speaking of the offensive line, Greg little looked the part last week. Do you he think did. we're, we're going to potentially have Austin Jackson come back as a backup that lost his job when he comes back?
0: I hope so. I mean, I don't wish injury on anybody. I have to be honest that when Austin Jackson went down, I said, I I don't think he's ever going to be back in the starting lineup because Greg little, I mean, look, it's a, it's a small body work. We're talking about a game and a half of regular season and some preseason games. But when I, when I watch him play, I mean, he, he hasn't, I mean, how many times have you, uh, have you, have you looked at a play and said that drive was ruined because of Greg little never, it hasn't happened yet. Austin Jackson. I mean, it's a miracle if he doesn't ruin a drive and a half. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, let's face it. Austin Jackson will get his job back by the end of the year because Greg little's bones are are hollow, like a bird's. Um, but until I think, I think until Greg little goes down, I think it should be his job at this point.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. And It'd be interesting to see if Armstead doesn't play and I expect him to play little probably kicks over to left tackle and I I'm thinking Robert Hunt kicks out to right tackle and you get Robert Jones in the lineup that would be my guess on that Uh, Liam Eikenberg is by far the weakest player on this Dolphins offensive line, Um, maybe Austin Jackson kicks over and starts challenging Eikenberg for that role if, if he doesn't improve
1: the nice thing there though too is while Eichenberg does need to improve on jalen waddle's short area touchdown eikenberg absolutely went out and cleaned out the defense to to open that lane for waddle to waddle his way into the end zone there so i mean even being the weakest link on this line now is no longer a well you ruin the entire game it's like oh you had these good plays even if you you know didn't do great on others and Eichenberg should look a little bit better this week with Ed Oliver and, and, and Jordan Phillips not in this game.
0: Yeah, I was really worried about on passing downs, seeing Jordan Phillips going one-on-one with Liam Eichenberg because you know you know how big Phillips is. He's 6'6", 360 or whatever he is, and he can just take somebody like Eichenberg and shove him back. I mean, a lot of people can. Uh, he's got to improve. I'm not
1: You know, who not he wouldn't have been him. able to shove back as well as Jordan Kinley or, or Solomon Kinley
0: uh that's true and then uh Solomon Kindley on the next play if we did a stretch run uh stretch zone play then um he he would have taken two steps and fallen down because of durability issues uh so he didn't have durability issues uh, he yeah he, he had, had mobility good. issues but not durability <laughs> issues I guess he didn't I guess he never left the game I guess yeah. but uh you think he would Anyway, no. best of luck to Solomon Kinley out there. I, I, I did, I'm uh, still a
1: Solomon Kinley fan. I don't know why
0: he hasn't been picked up by somebody.
1: Oh, um, That ba-
0: bandwagon's is pretty small right now. A
1: couple of guys we haven't talked about yet are, are uh, Mike Kosicki and Alec Ingold in this one. Um, and the possibility that we may see the debut of Tanner Conner with Hunter Long and Seaton Carter, both um, at home washing their tights. Yep. Uh, Tanner Conner played one snap
0: on offense last week. I, it may have been the kneel down play. I'm not sure, but uh, Hunter Long and Carter, yeah, they're, they're going to be out. That's really all that should be out for the Dolphins, unless we get bad news about uh, X or, or Toronto Armstead. Um, but Josh Allen, six and, and in and his last six and a half games against the Dolphins, I don't count the second half of the 2020 game, because Matt Barkley played. 112.1 quarterback rating, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions, also three more rushing touchdowns. Averaging 45 rushing yards a game as well, 34.2 points per game. Um, excuse me, 35.4 points per game in his last six and a half game against, games against the Dolphins. Here's the unfortunate thing: is that if you sit, let you, if you sit back and let Josh Allen deal, and you drop a lot of players back into the secondary, he's probably going to carve you up. If you try to blitz him, he's even better. So. Yeah. I I don't know, Paul. What what, what do you think the strategy should be for the Dolphins defensively?
1: I steer the conversation to Alec Ingold and Mike Gasicki. Cat answers with Josh Allen's awesome. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's, let's, let's I I started with, Hey, we haven't talked about them yet. And you're like, no, we're still not gonna. (laughs) No, uh,
0: sorry. Yeah. I, I just blanked. I just blanked for a second. I was I, I realized there was a point I should have brought up earlier in the show with when it came to Josh Allen, but let's – yeah, um, your guys first.
1: Yes. Um, let's talk about fullbacks and tight ends, baby. Let's go. Well, my
0: – if you look back, and, and it'll be fascinating to see if Mike Gesicki or Durham Smythe get more snaps in this game because, you know, Smythe, you know, in this offense, should be getting more snaps. Um, but last week, out of 71 offensive plays, Gesicki had 44 – And Smythe, I think, had 35 or a few less than that. Um, So, but the thing is, the Dolphins, should the Dolphins come out and play offensively like they're down 21 points again? Because you're going to have to score on just about every possession. I think so too. And at that point, I think Gasicki needs to be out on the field a lot.
1: He does. And and Gasicki, like I said last week, if he does just what he did last week, every game, that is 100% worth the 10 or $11 million. Um, It's he's going to draw coverage. He's going to make ridiculous catches and he's going to get first downs and extend drives. And if he does that and Durham Smythe does what he's been doing the first two weeks, they are very great supplemental weapons that force the safeties to help out in the middle of the field. In a lot of cases, which forces some of that one-on-one coverage on the boundary to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, what they do impacts everything in this game. And then it's also going to force some linebacker help, which is going to open the middle of the field for the run game uh, for guys like Chase, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, as well as open some of the stuff to the boundary for them. Like it's they're very complementary as you circle around the skill positions on this offense.
0: That's well said. And Alec Ingold, I, I've got to confess a couple of days ago, I saw a cut up of all the blocks that he made
2: uh, out mm, in the space. It was yes. amazing
0: how the, how the dolphins used them. I got halfway through that video and I was like, Oh no, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm watching, I'm watching fullback full back. Back highlights. My <laughs> season
1: is already complete.
0: I never, that's, that's how, you know, something special is going on here. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, what it comes down to is, is can the dolphins and to a, can they outduel Josh Allen? And, and that's, that's what everything is going to come back to. And yeah. the, the receivers the Dolphins have should be getting open against any team in the league, and especially against this battered secondary here. Um, the, the matchup that does worry me, especially if Armstead doesn't play, the Bills are really good at rotating their defensive ends. Um, and, and Greg Russo, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, and former Dolphin and former Bill, Shaq Lawson, and Von Miller is also in the mix, too. If you look at their snap count here last week, all of them got between 26 and 29 snaps. So they rotate these guys a lot to keep them fresh. And Armstead and Little need to be up to the challenge because if they can get pressure with their four, that changes things a lot.
1: Yeah. And I'm just, I'm giggling in my head because it sounded like when you started watching Alec Ingold footage, you, you, you you reacted as if you suddenly discovered you were watching a snuff film um but it's 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 uh, agreed the the bill's defensive ends are a very scary group and it'll be interesting to see if they play boogie on the interior a little bit more this week given some of the injuries along the defensive tackle position that we've already talked about with that said alec ingold is also a difference maker in that area um the misdirection plays that that Make defensive ends hesitate that Mike McDaniel is famous for. Um, but Alec Ingold may end up chipping and stonewalling some of these defensive ends to help the offensive tackles out, whether Teron Armstead plays or not in this game. Um, and if they can start throwing shots at the defensive ends in this game, they're really going to set the table here for Tua and in, in, in Miami to, to tear them apart in the passing game. I also saw another metric this week. Uh, I think it was from Next Gen Stats. Where Tua is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the ball as far or in the NFL as far as release speed goes, uh, which I didn't really fully realize. Um, which also helps against those defensive ends if you can just give him that little bit of time. Given the fact he's quick to get the ball out, given the fact that Tyreek and Waddle are quick in their routes. Um, at the end yeah. of the day, the quick release, all of that adds up. The hesitations that McDaniel throws against defenses because they have to think, they have to read the play all add up to the the recipe for success for this Dolphins offense. I would like
0: offensively for the Dolphins as well, that long run by Chase Edmonds last week, kind of a, kind of a draw play when everyone was focusing on the receivers. I'd like to see a lot more of that. Um, I, I, I mean, I like the running, not the running game in general, because the running backs really haven't gotten off the ground yet, but the plays that are being run, I like, um, them. I just, want to see a little bit more of that kind of draw play especially against this this bill's defensive line that's missing Ed oliver and um and jordan phillips um but yeah i mean we'll see what happens it's and i've got to say that i've been a nervous wreck for the last two games the patriots game and the ravens game because the dolphins had to start the season two and two and they're there now I'm going to enjoy the heck out of tomorrow's game. You know, I, I really, really the next five, the five, the next five days here with the Dolphins have two games. So, Paul, let's get to predictions here. I'm going to throw it to you first.
1: I think that this is going to be a bit of a shootout. I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be a little more stout this week after last weekend. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think the Bills put up 30 plus points, and fortunately. I think Tua and the Dolphins' offense put up a little bit more in this one. I think the, the deficiencies on defense for the Bills this week hurt them and put Miami in a position where there will still be questions after the game as far as who's the better overall team. But Miami can pull ahead in this one for for right now, go to 3-0 in, 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 in the NFL, in the AFC, you name it. And I think Miami pulls this one out 42 42- to 33 in this game um i think it's a shootout i think it's another fun one i think there's gonna be some nail-biting moments but again i I think the mcdaniel scheme the dolphins weapons and the bills injuries on defense as well as the defense needing kind of a comeback game in this one really sets that recipe up for miami to to make a statement tomorrow and, and basically tell the nfl like hey you put us at five on the power rankings and you put us too low
0: Right. I mean, they started the year, uh, power rankings, some as low as the twenties and now USA today, fifth pro football talk, sixth CBS, eighth NFL.com eighth. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good stuff and, and you bet if they win tomorrow, you're going to see them in the top three and just about, just about everywhere, if not number one. Um, and, uh, King short in the chat said, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips really need to step up. You bet. Cause the dolphins pass rush has not been there um, in the first two games. Now I understand a little bit why it wasn't last week. Cause they were kind of, they had to, they had to use containment against Lamar Jackson, but even when he dropped back, there just wasn't anything there. I expect that to change as the weeks go along here and it's got to change. Um, you know, as far as my predictions goes, I, I've got to go 38, 31, bills um okay oh, no i I'm, I'm not and look if the dolphins were playing probably any other opponent this week at home I, i'd have the dolphins winning I, I i'm not i'm not going to I, I can't see anything happening in this game where i leave the game thinking well that's it the dolphins are a bunch of frauds those first two games meant nothing no uh the dolphins have the talent this year these next two years this is the time frame and if you win this game this season goes from oh man this is cool it's fun to be a dolphins fan to magical three and oh you could go 500 the rest of the way and probably make the playoffs and we would expect them to do better than that at that point but and you take down the bills which you haven't done in the last what eight outings since the charles clay drop game man oh man
1: yeah the charles oh, anything clay else drop game oh
0: yeah, where Bobby McCain thought there's no way Josh Allen can throw the ball that far, and then he just launched it, and it was, it wasn't just like a, it wasn't like a plane drop, but I mean Clay had to run up, and the ball was low, but it, he still should have caught it. Um, he was
1: standing still at that point. Yeah, he 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 didn't. He think he, Allen had that arm either. You uh, so. almost got an f bomb out of me with he dropped it. <laughs> like it was a completely catchable wide open ball.
0: Yep. Yeah. He dropped. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll call it a drop. Paul, anything else jump out from chat or, or jump out for you before, uh, before tomorrow? We're less than 24 hours away now.
1: No, I'm absolutely stoked. I mean, I'll be a little bit late watching the game. Um, I know we're going to be live tomorrow night. Um, but again, it's, you know, oh, on, on an awesome front, I got new neighbors moving in tomorrow and I just found out that they're big Dolphin fans from Florida, which is pretty nice. So we're, we're, we're slowly taking over New England up here. And start starting in town here, as it is one of the guys in chat. His kid plays for me, so
0: I, I got none of that going on in St. Louis. I went to get. Well, let's you don't talk
1: to people, so eh,
0: yeah, that's true. But uh the we we're to, to get, get dog, off
1: my lawn, guy. You don't really know what people are into. I
0: I went to uh, I went to get dog food, and and the, the the cash out or the the cashier said saw my dolphins gear and said, "Oh, we're playing this weekend." Um, so I have run into more bills fans than I have dolphins fans this past week, but it's the I don't one care. person you
1: talked to was a bills fan. Okay. That's right.
0: What, what are the odds? So, <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for our breakdown of the dolphins bills matchup here tomorrow. We'll be sure to join you tomorrow night, right around 9.00 PM central 10 Eastern. After we've had a chance to, uh, take all of this in here. If there are any changes to that, we'll be sure to let you know. I'm Brian Kett, NFL on Twitter. Paul's fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to also check out uh, finfanatic.com as well as the fan-sided network as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.